1: What would you like the power to do?
2: Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristincarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristincarney.com slash help. That's kristincarney.com slash dating help.
0: Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have an amazing woman on our show, a woman who is very open with us about her past and her her past with men of some abuse and a little bit of trauma that has led her now to a place of total empowerment. And she is going to talk to us about how to date women who have had similar backgrounds and how to also empower yourself if you feel like others are not treating you so well and, and taking Advantage of you, so it's a great episode. Keep listening.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, who's a comedian and dating coach now. Also with Marnie Kendris, who's also a dating coach, WinggirlMethod.com. And sorry for the bad technology today. I blame I blame technology and not. Myself, but I'm going to have today's guest beat up the technology for me because we have Linda Mitchell, who is a fitness competitor, who has a podcast called Sisterhood of Sweat, who's going to be tough on my microphone for me. That doesn't make any sense at all. I did it much better the first time. Hey, Linda, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thanks for the introduction.
2: (laughs) It was a unique one. I thought it was pretty good. There was a couple of flubs, but I thought it was no. I had
0: zero flubs. No flubs. Okay, fine. No fluff. Whatever you want. Tomato, tomato. Uh, (laughs) Linda. So Linda and I uh, actually spoke yesterday. I was on her podcast, and I thought that we had a a great conversation about the male-female dynamic, and it, it was wonderful. But I did a lot of the talking, and so today is Linda's chance to talk. So I'd love for you to tell our audience who you are and what you're about In regards to men, are you single? Are you not single? Do you hate men? Do you love men? What do you think? I'd love to hear from you.
1: Well, I am married and I've been married for almost 25 years. In September, it'll be 25 years.
0: Oh my God, amazing. uh,
1: Yeah. and And I always say I've been married for almost half my life, but I was married before and that didn't go so well. It was a very turbulent and physically abusive relationship, which I had to get out of. And uh oh,
0: wow. so
1: I'm all about helping women with confidence and self-esteem because I believe they wouldn't find themselves in the situation I found myself in if they had known their worth to begin with. And so that is my why, why I have the sisterhood of sweat, why I'm all about building women's confidence. And I thought it was really cool that you're all about building men's confidence. So yeah. I think we're, we make a good team and that And I'm regard. here to tear it down. That's my
0: right. goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, I, I I wanted to ask
1: um, a
0: couple of questions and, and, you know, you don't have to be as open as you want, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, but you had said that you were in an abusive relationship, the, the right. first marriage that you did yep. have. Um, yep. So maybe speaking to some of our audience who potentially is the second guy or the guy after a woman is out of that kind of relationship. How how does that woman act? I know like a lot of guys who I, you know, I coach and work with, they'll they'll, second or third email in of our email coaching, they'll say, okay, well, here's her background and here's what's going on. And they'll say, okay, she was just coming out of an abusive relationship or she was assaulted when she was younger or um, she's very insecure and like nervous about getting into a relationship. Because of X, Y, and Z happening in her past, so so how how would you speak to these guys about how to handle women who are in that space so that they don't fall into this friend zone category, but can still keep attraction alive without scaring those women off?
1: Well, I think the first thing is is just to work on being maybe moving a little bit slower than you might with somebody else because there is going to be a major trust issue at the beginning no matter how much the girl has worked on it she's probably going to have to feel secure and safe with you i have post traumatic stress disorder so if somebody is yelling at me you might you know have experienced it at a volume 5 i'm going to experience it at like a 7 or an 8 so i think you know just basically realizing that Um, you know, we all have, I think, baggage at some point. And that's that, you know, an abused woman's baggage is just basically going to be that you're going to have to work on the fear factor, you know, her just trusting that physically, she's not going to be harmed by you. And I think, you know, that doesn't take too long. Once, once, you know, the woman realizes that you're not in that arena, I think you're good to go.
0: Well, what kind of things could a guy show like let's let's say that you know it's the first conversation or that it is the first date without hyper focusing on the fact that an abuse has taken place. How can that guy showcase that he is somebody that a woman can feel secure around, or is that just gonna take time?
1: I think it's gonna take time, but I think just basically um to me, I think. What I noticed when I was dating my husband was that he was patient in traffic. He was patient when we were in line at the grocery store. He wasn't blowing up on every like challenge because I paid close attention to that because I I think all the moments that make up your life are, are moments like that. And so that tells a lot about a person is just the way they react and respond to stress. So I guess, you know, if you're highly, if you're actually going to react and respond violent, you know, violently tempered, you might not want to date a woman that's been abused, first right. of all. But I would just say patience, you know, the strong suit is just not flaring up at every small issue. I think okay. that's huge. No, that's good guidance. How, how do you guys know that that's what's going on?
0: with a girl. I'm sure that, you know, you didn't tell every single person that you started dating, that that was what was going on with you.
1: Oh (laughs) my gosh. Right. Right. I really, um, yeah. I mean, if she doesn't tell you, I don't think you're going to really know. I mean. Did
0: you tell everybody that you dated?
1: At the time, probably because he was following us and stalking us. So I thought it might be important for him to know what they were getting into oh geez okay you know that he could be he was six foot four or big guy that he has a crazy temper you, you know so I don't want him to be getting into some kind of mess um so yes I did tell people at the beginning yes how soon into knowing someone would you tell them would you get nervous
2: that it might them. scare them away or
1: um you know what? That's the funny part. I wasn't nervous about scaring anyone away because I wasn't sure if I wanted them in the first That's place. That's awesome, right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's how you
2: should date, really.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. Because I think I was so, I don't know, once I stood up to all that intimidation and found my power, I was so happy alone. Like, I didn't know, like right. if I wanted anybody. Yeah. So if I liked them and we were going out, on a lot of dates and I thought that it was like a love connection then I told them pretty soon and also just I mean the craziness of all the crap that I mean you you just have no idea the crap I went through I had to be I think I was afraid for probably three years
0: that's awful I'm sorry
1: after leaving yeah so you know, it's not always easy to get out of a relationship like that. That's why a lot of women don't leave.
0: Well, actually, can I, can I ask you a couple of questions Yeah, sure. about that? Why is it so hard to leave? Because I know like a lot of guys will comment on my YouTube videos or they'll write in questions and say like, I'm a nice guy. I'm an awesome guy. I will treat a woman well why do women stay with these jerks? Like, why do they want to be with these guys? And like, they'll have situations where a girl that they really like comes to them and says to them, oh, I'm just so unhappy and I'm miserable and he does this, this and this or he doesn't do this, this and this for me, but then they stay. Why why do women stay in situations that aren't satisfying them or potentially hurting them?
1: Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and for me
1: and my situation, I will say that First of all, I think we could back up a bit about why I probably ended up in the relationship in the first place. My mom was manic depressive growing up and mm. suicidal and not not a bad person, not not a detriment to others, but just very not well. And so I grew up with that kind of background and being blamed for things, you know, just that whole scenario and yeah. she was ill and she wasn't watching me close so then I got sexually molested by a close family member and I think I just early on didn't I wasn't I didn't feel protected there weren't good boundaries and I think that I ended up getting into this relationship because it felt like home I know that sounds weird but No, it doesn't at all. Yeah, I think that you know I can look back on that and see what my normal was, and why I ended up there, and also when you get in the relationship, there's a whole like just like there was when I was eight years old and there's a you know being you know i hate the, I hate that word molested, but by a close family member, you're groomed, and so mm-hmm. I would say that my ex husband you know he was who he the nicest guy ever until he had me, and then you're you're there i mean you have, you have two kids together. You're, you know, it's like the abuse escalates and it's not like it was every day, but each instance is worse. And then your fear is greater. And I would just say that it was a whole level of crazy. So, and then in, and also on top of all that, I had some religious beliefs of hanging in there and I think they were a little skewed. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I was raised in a very religious household. And I think uh, I didn't really understand my role because women were supposed to leave. They were supposed to stay in their marriage. And that was what I was raised. So I really had to come to terms with the limiting beliefs that I had, as well as the courage that I had never worked full time in my life. I got married very young, uh, you know, I had to have the courage that I could raise my two kids and take care of them and leave this guy that's probably going to follow me, stalk me, and who knows what. I was scared to death, really, to be honest.
0: Yeah, of course. So, do yeah. you say that most of it? I guess it sounds like most of it was was fear based for staying, but I, I think but a I'm,
1: lot of it was fear, definitely fear. But I hear that there was faith time. in
0: there too, faith that yes, it could change, yes, faith yes, that. Yep. Yeah, and I think that happens to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, is the day that, first of all, I realized that God, you know, or, you know, whatever you believe, universe, you know, Mm -hmm. wouldn't expect any woman to live that way. I don't believe anybody, man or woman, should ever be a doormat. Mm -hmm. And I think once I kind of recognized that, as well as just getting that courage that, anything would be better. Anything would be be better than that. You know, I had, I I had the faith, you know, like as far as I wanted to take care of my children, like I worried about like, well, if I'm working all the time, you know, I just worried about my kids. My kids were like number one priority. And as soon as that violence turned towards them, I was out the door, out the door, because I was just like, it's, you know it should have been for me though when i look at it when i look back right. the very first time that i was struck i should have been out that door but it's hard
0: well actually you brought mm-hmm. you brought up something interesting you brought up the term doormat um and i you know i don't want to say that what you've experienced is similar to what some of the guys that i work with have experienced but that term doormat it, it is what they would refer to themselves as because they have been mistreated by women or rejected or hurt or turned down or, you know, not treated so nicely, but yet either they stuck around to deal with it or um, they keep repeating that same pattern. So I know that most of your work is on helping women feel empowered, but what would be the first steps that you would would advise to a man who's in that place where he has been treated like a doormat and wants to change that and wants to empower himself? What are, what are the first few steps to help turn that around for himself with women?
1: Well, I kind of think that, you know, how you said that you just stay around, you're hoping and you're wishing that the situation would change. And you have to look at the situation not as you want it to be, but as it is. You need to look at the situation as it is. And That's so important. Yeah, because I, yes, because you know what? It isn't just men or women. I think it's, you know, like not just with abuse, but it could also be like maybe your girlfriend's cheating on you and you forgave her and forgave her, or it could be vice versa for women. And you're... Looking at I'm I'm sorry's I'll never do it again. But what you have to look at is not the words. You have to look at the actions, and you have to ask yourself, you know, do I want to continue living the rest of my life this way? Because it's very rare that somebody that's like that only for four percent of people that are abusive, like very highly abusive, will change. So you kind of got to ask yourself the question, you know, is this acceptable to me? Is this Treatment acceptable to me. If my daughter, my son, my friend, my mother, my father, whoever it is you love, was treated like that, what advice would I give them? Because that's the same advice you should give yourself.
0: Yeah, or even drilling it back. Like, let's say this: a woman's not treating them abusively, but they run into very similar patterns where they're not treated so kindly in the stages of dating. So they don't get calls back, or um, a woman leads them on continuously saying, sure, we'll have plans, we'll go out, I'm not free this weekend, but maybe next time, or the next time he asks, oh, sorry, I fell asleep and I missed this text. Like So for the guys who are experiencing things like that, and we would probably label these guys as the typical nice guys, and I put air quotes when I say nice, because nice doesn't really mean nice what advice would you give those guys who there is no abuse? They're kind of just abusing themselves by repeating the same thing over and over again. How would you help empower them to make shifts that would have an impact on their dating lives?
1: Well, first of all, you need to realize what your worth is. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And what you deserve is the very best. And of course, people are are human. You have to give them some room for error, but you need to decide what your deal breakers are. And you, you've got to kind of dial in on that. Like how many times can she not show interest, not call back, you know, let you down or whatever it is before you decide, Hey, maybe this, this chick isn't for me because it's a big world out there. And you know, I hate to say it, but she's, you know, she or he is just a speck on the map. Like there's going to be somebody out there for you that's going to be kind. Cause in any relationship, kindness is number one. A hundred percent. Well, actually, since I, since I kind of said,
0: you know, air quote around nice, can you maybe dive into what it means for you when you categorize a guy as nice? or when what other what other people
1: are saying as well by this nice label that guys hate so much the guys hate the nice label i mean i like a guy that knows his mind and i don't mind a little a little bit of aggression i like to know that he can hold his own i wouldn't want someone there again that is a doormat like is I that what just, nice means to you
0: When you hear the word, is that what the word nice means? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. I'm saying sometimes I think that guys think that being nice is not a good word. And I'm just saying like, to be kind is to, you know, I don't know, the way you speak to your girlfriend with respect, you know, showing her the respect that you want to be shown. That to me is just, you know, just to be kind to somebody is not doing something you wouldn't want them to do, I guess. And, you know, we all know what politeness and manners, you know, open the door for her or show her some regard as, as the girl that you want to hang out with and that you want to spend time with just to listen to her when she talks and treat her like she's important. I think all women want to be treated like they're important.
0: But so, how do, how do guys avoid that nice label then? Because these things all sound very nice; they're nice things to do. But a lot of guys fall into this category of women saying, "Oh, but he's
1: just he's, he's just a little bit too nice." So, like, what what does that mean then? Because, okay, yeah, okay, I hear you. I hear you. You got to stand up for yourself. So, I think when you're getting that nice label, maybe you're not being real and you're not. Putting your wants and needs out there. So, when you're getting that nice label, it's, I think, more in that regard. It's okay. I mean, I don't mind dating a nice guy as long as he's got, like, you know, some passion, you know, and he's excited about the things he's into. And, uh, you know, if I did something he didn't like, he'd stand up to me and say, Hey, I didn't like it when you didn't answer my phone call.
2: Right, I think a lot of guys think being a pushover means being nice and there's such a huge difference between the two. And this right. this guy that I was talking to recently, he was pretty bitter, I guess, and he was like, you know, the bad boy is going to just like lay around, not do anything and just because he's hot, get the chicks. And I and he's like and I'm nice and nothing comes toward me or comes towards me. And I said it's essentially his perspective isn't isn't what yours is, which is a bitter, what I, like, for me, I do everything right. His is like, I'm just going to be me and do me. And it, whether that's nothing and be a loser, um, that's what's attractive is that they're not, he's that guy who's, so in, who's so-called not nice who, or who's just the bad boy. He's just not apologizing for anything, which is very attractive. It, it, I don't know if I'm explaining that Right. No, you are. You're definitely explaining it right.
0: Well, because it's funny because, you know, people will comment on my YouTube videos all the time. And I think every single time I post a YouTube video, there's like three people who say, oh, I know how to get a girl. Just show her your wallet and like your abs. Like basically that exact (laughs) same. And I'm like, no, like maybe just don't show her that bitter, you know. Right. whiny attitude, and that's going to attract her instead. So it exactly. is. It, I hear what you're saying, that this guy is saying, like, I'm really nice. Why aren't I getting girls? But what he's really projecting to women is that I'm bitter and angry and pissed off <laughs> that you won't like me. I might be nice underneath, but you're not
1: seeing any of that. Right. Well, there's he like, also may not be being real. Like, you right. know, there's something to be said about just being real. Right,
2: exactly. The guy who not that all bad boys just lay on the couch but in this context this is the conversation it's not <laughs> those those guys who are laying on the couch that are still getting laid are dudes that aren't apologizing for laying on the couch it's just right it, yeah it's just the energy they put out yeah or really, all,
1: well they're being honest about what they want too, right, so. right exactly
0: yeah they want to lie down on the couch and have sex with beautiful right. women,
1: which is, well, very- I mean, I think it's nice in a way to be honest about, of what course you it mean. is, instead of being a big faker that you're this gentleman and then you're not. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Anything genuine is much more like you. I feel like yeah. honestly, if a guy was like, I'm a murderer, but just super real about it and genuine versus a guy who's kind of a dick, but was like, oh yeah, I'm super nice to waitresses. I'd be more attracted to the murderer for just being honest.
0: Oh my God, so would I.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a very strange thing, but I I completely hear what you're saying. And I could totally agree with you. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be continuing to talk to Linda because she's so wonderful. And we're going to answer some questions from our listeners. So keep listening. Hey, you, this is Marnie, and thanks for listening to the Ask Woman podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also, give us five stars, just because. All right, we are back with Linda. So, Linda, I I wanted to say thank you so much for just being so open and honest and and sharing uh, everything that you shared in the first half of the show.
2: And, Linda, before we get to questions, since we have uh, a fitness person here, we always, we always ask this question. Do women want to be approached at the gym? And so since I'm sure you work out a lot, I know you're married, but what would you recommend for dudes trying to talk to girls in a gym?
1: Oh, good question. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I know most women do not want to be approached in the gym. I have to say I've been doing this for a long time. They're you know if you're wanting to approach a woman in the gym i would say to do it more on like a kind of like a, a joking manner or a friendly manner but not like a like clinging i want to take you down to the weight stack manner <laughs>
2: right well also there's the phone there's the phony manner of approaching at the gym like a guy faking he wants to know how you got your arms so great it's like he yeah. Maybe he thinks you have great arms, but he's really not asking you. And so it's that genuine thing that we were just talking about that doesn't shine through. I think when guys are, are approaching at the gym because they think they have to crowbar it in and not really be honest, oh, it'd be better to oh say like, I think you have great arms, but I'm not really coming over to ask you how you got them. I'm coming over. Cause I'd like to talk to you. I think that would be, um, better because you, the girls can see through it. They can see through a guy being like, Oh, how did you get those quads? Uh, Oh
1: my gosh, it's ridiculous, the yeah. line. So, you know, okay. when they come over, one guy came over to me and he, you know, I've been, I'm a trainer and I own a gym and I was at a gym and he's like, wow, way to lunge. Right. To lunge. It's like, okay,
2: yeah, thanks, buddy. I've done this four billion times. Good observation.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, and I mean, first of all, I'm married. My husband was there. Like he would not leave me alone. He just kept trying to pick me up every time I was in the gym. And I had to get meaner and meaner just to get rid of him. So I would say, uh, you might want to just look her direction a few times and make sure there might be a reception there. First of all, like some kind of reception, you can kind of tell. I think you, you can. But tell what if some woman pain. is
0: really focused on the gym? Like she is not even thinking not anybody even would ever want to. Yeah, like Kristen's like, oh, I don't want anybody seeing me at the gym because I that, that I'm just. Words well, obviously, she's no. said it before. Maybe but-
1: say, "Hey, how you doing today?" I don't know. Just something light. Don't like try to press yourself on her. Like, like you know, even with like I would say us being podcasters and meeting influencers, you know, at first I would be like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, will you come on my podcast? And I'd be just like, instead, it's better to just get a relationship with people and just kind of like start soft and just kind of get to know them a little bit, just say, hey, how you doing? Not this whole full, full court press, I would say in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting that you're relating it to being podcasters and asking people to be on our podcast. I know that there's a, you know, different outcome at the end and everybody benefits, but the same can be said for dating, right? So, yeah,
1: I think so still- because you're trying to sell yourself basically.
0: Yeah. But so I, am trying to think like when I ask people to be on my podcast, I don't just like look at them and say, oh my God, you're so pretty. You should be on my podcast. So usually I, I talk to people and for some, in some way we'll seg into the relationship conversation and then I'll go, oh, you'd be really good on my podcast. What do you want to come on? So it's the same thing, you know, that we, we talk about quite often that of there a has to be just a little yeah, this connection, this connection point. I, I don't really have a problem with the, like, that's a great lunge comment. I think that maybe, let's say, because <laughs> well, the truth got is...
1: creepier as
0: it went. That I'm was sure, it, I'm sure it got and there was no attraction there. Yes, you're <laughs> a married woman. But I'm just saying, yeah. if I was single... And somebody did, that I was attracted to, of course, said to me, nice lunge. I'd be like, oh, thanks. And I'd like try and bend a little bit differently to, <laughs> to attract him more. If I wasn't attracted to them, it would still just be a way to break into conversation. And at least I'd notice him more. And then we could build on something and see if there is something there. And, you know, that would just be the head turner for a second to say, okay, now I know who you are. You commented on my lunges. I don't know if I think anything more about that person, but we'd have to see what would happen with the conversation after the lunge comment. If he just continued to comment on my lunges or on my workout (laughs) every day that I was there, then it would would creep me out. It would creep me out. But saying,
2: not to get too nitpicky, but... Saying something like nice lunges, especially to someone like Linda, and not even someone like Linda, it can be a little patronizing or a little condescending. Like, ooh, I'm surprised you can do a lunge that good. You know, it kind of <laughs> comes across like a dick. So maybe
0: well, it's like, it like I the that I do horrible
2: lunges.
1: It <laughs> wants to help me, you know, because I'm the little woman and he's the big man. Because every time he came over, it was more like, oh, you know, he wants to help me like, oh, you should squat all the way down to the box, you know, <laughs> or you should. He was like, he yeah, wants I to be with me, but I'm like, oh, wait, go away. First of all, I have a wedding ring on. Second of all, did you know, my husband is here. He's probably going to come over here in a minute. Like, you know, just go away.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I know.
1: Your
0: husband I, I, should I come over you and that. start doing
2: awesome lunges. So right, <laughs> <say nice laughs> like
0: you know, picking at his lunges. All right, here's a question from one of our listeners. I thought th- those were very good answers. Okay, so this is sort of like a, a mishmash of a question because some uh, one of our our listeners who writes in all the time, uh, Rob, he had written that one of our podcasts had sparked a thought for him of, of some of a topic that could be good for one of our shows, and so this is just like a stream of conscious email to me, but he wrote, what benefits does a woman provide to a man besides sex? Please do not misunderstand what I am saying. I'm not saying the only benefit a woman provides for uh, to a man is sex. I would just like to hear a review of the other benefits, specifically the benefits benefits provided in 2019. <laughs> I am thinking specifically of emotional benefits other than those derived from sex in a sexual relationship, and aside from keeping the man on his toes 24 seven, which I actually don- do not see as a benefit. How does she emotionally support him in 2019? How does she help him to relax? So th- th- this is an interesting question because I think that what Rob's really trying to ask, or maybe. Is why do women exist? Why are we even here? Why do I want a woman in my life? (laughs) You know, maybe he's trying. That's what I sort of took it as. Like, why? What are the? What are the benefits to them? Like, maybe he hasn't had those experiences.
2: You can say that about dogs. You could say, what is? What's the point of a dog? Why do I have a dog in my life? And it's like, aside from having sex with it. Well, obviously. Bad joke. I mean, bad joke. Number yeah. 1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I like, no, but I, I like the make out, actually. <laughs> no, but but I'm relating that to the dog as in not that women are useless, like dogs are useless, but when you think about all the time and energy and money that you put into having a pet or a dog, you in exchange get love and affection and support and camaraderie and someone to be there for you. And so it's not that women are a pet. That sounds terrible. But uh, you're not everybody's a pet. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's my answer. Well, what would you say? Like, what, how would
0: you be a benefit to a man's life?
1: Well, I'd make him look good. By the way, Rob has not been with the woman yet because if he was with the woman, he wouldn't have to ask that question. He would know. So I, I, I think that he might need to be on a greater search. Maybe it's what he's been looking for in women is, is sex because that's the obvious, but he hasn't found that woman that like lights him up inside that like gives him a why. Like I'll just use my son as an example. He was married the first time the lady was like a user, like, you know, just a manipulator. Um, Just, Oh my gosh, she was me, not kind. And, you know, now he's in this marriage with, an amazing, amazing girl. And he's happy. And she like gives him that why that drive that motivation. Uh, I think when you're with, it's all about being, it's not just what does a woman provide, but it's about being with the right woman with the woman for you.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah, cuz you're right. It's it, they can provide support. They can provide that feeling of comfort, even similar to what you said before that you did select something that felt comfortable for you, you know, that even though it may not have not been the right comfort, it was a a, a comfort a comfort for you that felt like home. Yeah. So there's there's right, many right. things that that a partner can provide for you, but then the right partner or a good partner for you can definitely provide yeah, the world you to you know, basically
1: what they're providing- if you don't know what they're providing for you, like if you're like seriously like, what is I really getting out of this, let's move on time because yeah, <laughs> no, but you even sh- yeah. you, you had
0: talked about it at the beginning of the show about having standards and your own elicit you know, and illicit boundaries for yourself, which is a huge part of all the programs that I put together, and I'm sure the programs that you put together too for the women that you work with about yeah. becoming really clear on your standards and your boundaries, but also. Yeah you know, to go hand in hand with what Rob is asking to make a list of your values and things that are important to you. And then it's, it's like, you know, going to the grocery store without a shopping list in mind or at least written down on paper. If you go there without a list, you buy a whole bunch of things that either you have four of them at home and you bring a fifth one home or you buy something you don't really want. When you have that shopping list, you go and you get what it is that you're looking for. So putting together a shopping list for you, yourself, your life, your your wants and either a partner or people that you want to sleep with or date, it just makes it easier for you to pick and choose people who are right for you. And then if you realize, you know what, I don't really like peas anymore, then <laughs> you stop Going in one direction, but you'll always go in another direction. Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) And, And I would just say that if you have dreams and hopes and ambitions, that sharing that with somebody, if you have someone that's like your biggest cheerleader and you come home and you're all pumped up and you're excited and then they're excited, that's what you want is the value the woman can provide about being excited and being behind you. Uh, You know, like, you know, supporting you. And uh, equally, you want to support the woman in your life. But I think it's just, it's awesome when you have somebody that you can share your wins with. Because it's really lonely when you're winning and there's no one to share it with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Actually, I I want to ask a question that is not... (laughs) That's not uh in my questions from listeners, but I'm working with this one guy now, and I've worked with many men who are very similar to him uh men who are very logical and highly intelligent um and the the one client of mine showed me this video that had stated why it's so difficult um for highly intelligent people to be in love, and we were trying to find ways to express and finesse his intelligence to women that he dates in a way that can bring them into his intelligence instead of talking to them as if he's either on another level or in a different place. Like how how do men who are very logical and highly intelligent, how do they they date successfully and let people into their, this might be a big question, but like how do they let them into their, Brain in a way that a woman can latch on to. Is that is? Am I making sense with what I'm
1: asking? You are, but it's bringing up all kinds of thoughts in my mind. I want to hear. I want to hear what these thoughts are. Yeah, I want to hear. First of all, we're all intelligent. Okay, we all have some intelligence. You may be intelligent. Maybe you're an engineer. I'll use that. My husband's an engineer. Maybe he's a brilliant engineer, but he's not a motivational speaker. I'll tell you that. So, like, you know. I'm just saying like we all have strengths and so maybe you don't want to marry yourself or you don't want to be in a relationship with yourself. So I would just say like sometimes you just got to find somebody that lines up somewhat with what you want as far as like you, you wouldn't want to be with like somebody that is on such a different level. Maybe they their intelligence is in a field that you can appreciate or that you feel like you could have an intelligent conversation. You want to be able to have a conversation with them and they get you, uh, you know, they understand you and they know where you're coming from. You know, it's just all, I think that they light you up when you talk to them and you feel heard and they feel heard as well. Okay. But how, how would, how would somebody do that? So let's say like your husband who is an
0: engineer and he might, he might be single focused on that, or he might want to um, go gaga over his engineering. How, how does he then pull you, pull you into that? Like, how does, how does he then have a conversation with you? Is that making sense?
1: Yes, it does. I mean, it was crazy because the other day we were moving all my gem equipment and one of my ladies is an engineer, and the two were like deciding how to solve a problem. And they were like talking about it. And I'm like, whoa, like <laughs> I am seeing the wheels turning. And this woman is just identical to my man, like in the way they think. But can I just tell you, they weren't, a, they would never make a good match. And he told me he wouldn't want to be with one of himself, he would not want to be with. You know, a person that was identical to him. So, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if I'm answering. No, no, this is okay. It's it's about having a conversation about this. Well, I'll 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 read
0: I'll read to you what what I wrote to this client of mine because um, it was it was extremely helpful. So he had sent me this video um about how. What is it called? The title of it is. I'm just going to YouTube for a second. I just think difference
1: and variety is what makes the world go around. And usually you're attracted to the opposite of who yeah. you well, are. Yeah, well, he was
0: saying 15 reasons why highly intelligent people struggle with love. And typically it's because they're a little bit too logical. Um, but there's ways that they can play around with that. So I, I had said to him, um, I wonder if we can also use your intelligence on your dates, because he he was having some difficulty with some women um finding him either harsh or cold mainly because he he would have all this brain stuff going on that he didn't think was appropriate to to share on a date Okay, so, um, the, so I wrote to this, time, I wonder if we can also use your intelligence on your dates, the way that you think and analyze to help you uh, connect to women and make your brain a fun game instead of something that may push them away. Just thinking out loud here, but what if you were to narrate for your brain a bit for the woman so she can see how your brain is working and then joke about it with her? Um, so, th- so I was saying I can visualize as, as light, fun, and playful, and hopefully that he can see what I, what I mean as well. So, you know, by by calling it cuz sorry, it, it sparked this when you were talking about sharing um with yeah. people in your life and it's it's really just about sharing how how your brain works as opposed to just like being a certain way. I'm, I don't even know if I'm making sense. But being a certain way. You're making way, complete sense. Yeah, and just being that way and just saying I hope this person accepts me instead of like helping them Work with how your brain works. Like so, if if I were to to make a statement that is super intelligent, nerdy, whatever, and I'm sitting across from a woman who I'm sure in her own right is super intelligent, um, and I say it out loud, and then just look at the woman, and she stares blankly at me because she doesn't understand what I'm talking about, or it's just like not interesting to her. And then I were to to look at her and say, oh, you know what? I do this sometimes. I talk about things that are, you know, in that way to to narrate how my brain works so that we can have a connection with one another. Um, so do, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yes, I would I would say too, that's, that's really great advice. But sometimes when you're super intelligent, you overanalyze everything and you need to learn to let go of that a little bit and just be in the moment. So I think it would be good for these very intelligent people sometimes to just not overanalyze. And then when they're wanting someone to be attracted to them and they're afraid that maybe they're speaking over their head. I mean, first of all, don't be full of yourself about your intelligence. I would say don't be full of yourself about it. And then just like Marnie said, if you're kind of funny and you're kind of Look, cluing them in on who you are because I don't think anyone's turned off by a smart person. I'm certainly not. Oh, I don't God. love being around me people too. that are, you know, intelligent and like I would be bored and I would not be stimulated if I was around someone that, you know, wasn't, I don't know, into whatever it is they do and intelligent about it. You'd be it. so
2: turned on by me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I- Ay, ay, ay.
0: Okay, that was a good response. Hopefully <laughs> I was able to get that that message across. But basically, I just want to wrap that up. That I was trying to say that if you are somebody that is overanalyzing, if you can just, you know, exactly what Linda said, stop. It's really hard to just stop being an overanalyzer. But if you can catch yourself and say, you know what, I do that sometimes. I overanalyze like crazy and I get really fixated on um a certain topic. But just next time that I do, it just punch me in the arm. Some something that acknowledges that you know how your brain works, educates a person on how you work, and then brings them into the conversation so that you guys can be interactive and playful about it together. That's that's kind of where I was trying to get it to go. Okay, one last question. Hi, Marnie and Kristen. Love the show so much. I listen to every episode and always look forward to the next one. You guys are a wealth of knowledge and hilarious. The latest episode with Trip had me thinking a lot about what I want in a woman and the two of you mixed together and one would be about 70% my ideal partner, keeping 70%. I should be at
2: least 60% of that 70.
0: (laughs) How insulting. But now I like this guy so much more. Um, A little background on me. I'm a 26-year-old white male from Atlanta, Georgia. Before the Southern stereotypes start, I'm very much not what you're thinking. I'm into weightlifting and running, reading, comedy, uh, intramural sports, dancing, all things personal development, and I just started my own business as a real estate investor. Amazing. I also work a full-time job as an insurance underwriter. I'm experienced with women, but I consider myself to be intermediate at best in seduction. Meeting women isn't necessarily a problem for me, but getting them to feel a desire for me is. I can't get them to chase me. Before I sent this email, I was reading The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene and one line stuck out to me. In seduction, there is often a dilemma. To seduce, you need planning and calculation. But if your victim suspects that you have ulterior motives, she will grow defensive. Furthermore, if you seem to be in control, you will inspire fear instead of, uh, instead of desire. This makes a lot of sense to me and makes me wonder, am I too safe? Am I not risky enough to create desire? I've always been told and feel sometimes that I'm dad-like in a way that is not in looks or in jokes, but my goals and perspective. I'm very forward-looking. Oh, oh! plan for the future and tend to shy away from short-term pleasures for long-term results. This makes me not necessarily stingy, but my frame exudes this, and I think it's boring women around me. For example, I'm extremely good at being the center of attention and can easily get large groups of people to laugh and have a good time with me. But every time a one-on-one happens with a girl, I'm too safe. I don't mean that I'm coming off as a caregiver, but I feel I don't give off enough of a risky, sexy vibe. How can I be perceived as less in control or more risky? Is it spontaneity? Is it it punching the baddest motherfucker next to me? Is it physical escalation? How can I move away from being funny to being the guy she wants pushing her face into the pillow? Her face into the pillow? (laughs) That escalated quickly yeah seriously <laughs> please like, please help
1: that's Mitch. what he really wants. He's living in fear of I think rejection, and that that is what's making him seem safe he He is playing it safe, that's yeah what's going on, and I think he needs to think about what it is he really wants, and he needs to go for it. I think he needs to go for it that he isn't taking risk, and he is staying safe and the biggest thing is you everybody's afraid, but you gotta face fear straight on and fear fades. And you're gonna you're gonna see that when you take a risk. Absolutely. So what what would that risk look like? Mm, what would it be risk. to take a at, risk? A so, risk, I mean, it sounds like a wildcat. Like I mean, he wants to push her face into the pillow already. Yeah. So I think he needs to unleash a little of that and not be so afraid. I don't think I think he may be Somewhere along the line, perhaps someone rejected that. But not all women w- are gonna reject that. A lot of women want that crazy.
0: Yeah. So how how does a guy test that boundary to see if it is something that a woman re- would reject? How does he I guess for right now for minute, how just does he like safely in
1: the water? Yeah. You gotta so... jump in and get wet.
0: Okay. And so well, Kristen for example so you you know you're the the banter expert so how how does a guy transition from being the funny guy and bantering to slowly escalating in some way to get to you know the pillow shoving place how do how does he test those waters to see if that's where she's willing to go with him because i i'm in complete agreement with linda i don't i think he's just shutting everything sexual off inside of him when he goes to interact with a woman because he's afraid to scare her away. He's afraid to get rejected. He's afraid to ruffle feathers. So instead he becomes this watered down version of his, of himself that pleases and appeases, you know, and and doesn't ruffle any feathers or take risks. So how, how would a guy do this in conversation, for example?
2: Well, I think the best way to transition from banter to a little bit more of a opening to sexy banter or more of a flirtatious conversation is with body language first. So if you're talking to a woman in a silly bantery way, you can still say all those same casual things, but you can make your eye contact a little bit more intense, subtly, or you can maybe touch her a little lightly, or you start giving out those signs that that's where you're going because you don't need to do it with words all the time. So you keep the words, the state, the same, but you escalate the body language. And then once her body language matches yours, then you can escalate the words.
0: Yeah, I totally well, agree let, with that.
1: Like, Let me ask you, Kristen, would you, do, are you, or in Marnie, are you the type that would want to, a guy to say, can I kiss you? Because I don't want a guy to say, can I kiss you?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't mind. I think it's the context. So say we're definitely flirting, but it's more of a childlike, silly, goofy kind of thing. And he just kind of changed the vibe with a, can I kiss you? I would be okay with that. But if we were already really romantic and leaning in and all of a sudden he was like, can I kiss you? It'd be like, oh yeah, duh. Obviously we're all like,
1: well, like you want him to know, like, I guess I like, I personally like the assertion when you're flirting and the chemistry is flying. I like the fact that he knows he can kiss me versus asking, "Can definitely. I?" Can there, I? And, so definitely, can I? And but that's a saying. hard
0: thing to explain, j- just for men to know that line. Like, I'll give an example. I know, when I, I was in fourth grade,
1: all, yeah. and, all women are different.
0: Yeah, I was in fourth grade. Andrew Wright gave me a Valentine, and it said something <laughs> like. Look up, or I, for something like that. I looked up, and he and literally pounced right my, there. <laughs> yeah, but like he—that's <laughs> basically what you know. The the twenty-five-year-old version is like he literally right. like kissed oh. me, and then I was like, I don't want this. And then he called me a racist afterwards, and told everybody at school I was oh. racist. It was horrible, horrible situation. Um, and now podcast. I'm a, now you know, I'm a, it's a racist. Horrible. It's horrible. Right. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it was really bad. So that that is reading a room wrong, and you can't just like attack a woman and not yeah. have something right, right, being. Right. So, and I know, I know that most of the people who are listening to the show totally understand that it would not, you know, make the mistakes of Andrew Ray, but, um, like, what Linda's kind of saying is that there is something showing you that she's okay with it. You lean in, she leans in as well. That's her saying. Right. right. It's a good double me.
1: body signals. Yeah.
0: Like, but if you really want to be careful, you can go, hold on. Does this mean <laughs> that you want, like you can't, I, to be honest, I don't think it's going to ruin it as long as there's a good kiss to follow afterwards. So I'm, I prefer the no ask. Because it's yeah. again, I agree with Linda. It's I'm already saying it to you, but in 2019, the ask does not turn me off in any way. Um, but to go back to the the <laughs> flirting the flirting topic for Mitch, so I have this video that I have up on YouTube, and it's uh, titled "How to Start Flirting with Women: How to Initiate Flirting with Women Using the Flip Method." And so the flip method is really just like a fun way to test the waters, and so that you can slowly start to escalate with women. And it's really just taking something that she says and pretending to misunderstand it as her potentially flirting with you or her coming on to you or her trying to be dirty. It's just, it's just a a, a playful way to see if that is actually what's going on. And even if she's not attracted to you. Yeah. But it's just a way for you to, to test it so that I know for Mitch right now, it's not something that he does and just diving in. This is a good way to just dive in without, like, going to extreme. And it can tell you a lot about where that woman is with you. And if anything, it can make her stop for a second and say, oh, okay, well, now he's flirting with me and he can do this. What else can he do? Watch like,
1: confidence.
0: Yeah, for sure. To say, oh, wait, wait, are you flirting with me? He just talked about shoving my face into a pillow. <laughs> like, are you like, tr- are you trying to come on? <laughs> Whatever it is, you know? So I, I think that's a, a good way for Mitch to to slowly get into flirting. Anyway, we are at the end of our show, but Linda, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us. Can you tell people um, how to get in contact with you? I know you do a lot of work with empowering women, but I'm, I'm sure there, there are many men who, you know, would I like to look you i with men
1: up. for many years before. Yeah, sisterhoodofsweat.com.
2: Amazing, wonderful. And Kristen? Well, mine's going to be much more complicated than that. First, you have to find me on Instagram at Chris Karn, which I mentioned on another episode recently that I never talked about my Instagram. And I just got like five messages from guys uh, saying, hey, I'm glad that you finally listed your Instagram and I had no idea what the face was to match the voice and you shouldn't be so hard on yourself because you're cute. So I want more of those messages. So you guys can follow me on Instagram at Chris Karn, K R I S C A R N. And if you're looking for banter help, uh, I'm your gal. You can go to com slash banter help, or I'm sorry, com slash dating help.
0: Yes, and Kristen, uh, I have been getting tons of feedback from the people that I've been sending over to you who are... Uh, very, very happy with their results. I know that I gave a big sigh before I said that, but like they're very <laughs> hap- I was trying to figure out like how to, to phrase it, but very happy with the results that they've received. And, and now when people come to me and say like, help me with my online profile, can you look at it? I go, no, just go talk to Kristen. She's way better at it uh, than I am. So so go check check. Oh my God, I can't speak today. Go check out her website. And also, if you want more confidence advice, attraction advice, dating advice, advice if you are having issues um, with your wife or a woman that you've been dating for a long time, then come to me and I can help you by going to wingirlmethod.com. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm actually now also posting episodes on YouTube. So if you like to watch slash listen. There's no video. It's just like listening to it in a different format. But anyway, if you don't like downloading it um, or listening through a podcast application, you can go onto YouTube and uh, get it as well. Go to youtube.com slash Marnie Kenris, and they are up there in their own separate pay- playlist. And I will be adding new ones every Friday. Not necessarily the one that we launch on Thursday, but a new one every Friday. Um, if you want to write in questions to be answered on air and overanalyzed to death by myself, Kristen, and our guests. Then send them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.